Hello, TCC. This is uh, Pastors Matt and Brandon getting together to start a podcast primarily for you guys. Uh, We recognize our role as pastors is equipping saints for the work of ministry, and to do that, uh, we need to have opportunities to communicate with you and and share ideas and plans and all the sorts of things that uh, we're doing as a church. And we recognize as a smaller church that we only get to get together once or twice a week, depending on what's going on. Uh, And the amount of time that you get to hear from us is really limited in a lot of ways to if you're in a small group with us or if you are hearing the sermon or coming to a core class. And we know that you've got a lot of uh, auditory free time that's not at church. So you're probably listening to this right now as you're driving or doing something else. And so we want to take advantage of that and provide you with some uh, input into weekly, maybe bi-weekly life, and uh, just take advantage of our role as as pastors and shepherds to speak into things that we don't get to talk to on a a weekly basis from the pulpit. A lot of things that maybe wouldn't be appropriate to speak to in the pulpit specifically, but that would be uh, useful to you as we go. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, it's great. So my, my wife's always told me that I had a face for radio, so I'm pumped to have a podcast. And the ironic thing is she's probably one of the first to listen to this handy podcast because she listens to them all the time Regularly. around our house. Yes, doing dishes, dealing with the kiddos. My wife is a podcast fanatic. So, yeah, I'm pumped to have an opportunity to to talk a little bit uh, each week or every other week about subjects related to our church. And then we also hope that it provides an opportunity for you to uh, you know, share with others that are outside of the body, maybe that you're building a relationship with and just kind of let them eavesdrop on, hey, this is what life's like in our place, what our pastors are thinking about, it's what they're talking about. And uh, that's what we wanted to do kind of as we um, head into this first episode, I'm not really sure as we kind of find our, our sea legs here with when this will release. But as we, uh, we're we recording on January 7th, kind of heading into the new year and, you know, typically uh, thoughts around goals and discipline and uh, themes related to personal resolutions uh, become kind of commonplace uh, in, in our culture. And, and maybe the cultural trend has shifted a little bit of that where it's become more common to hear uh, people kind of downplay the value of those. You know, why 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 even set resolutions or goals? You know, you're going to blow it anyway. Bible reading plans, you know, you're going to fail. Kind of the common joke around numbers or Deuteronomy. So wanted to, to, to talk around that subject to like, how, how do we think about goals, resolutions, personal discipline uh, heading into the new year and uh, attempt to, to challenge us all uh, in ways that we can we can step up. So, so Brandon, maybe just kind of as a big category as we get started, how have you, how have your thoughts around goal setting and personal discipline morphed, changed? Where do you find yourself hmm. now as you think about uh, heading into a new year? Do you do goals? Do you think through personal objectives for you or your family? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I think a, a way that I have kind of described this to others as I've been coaching or leading them is that when you're thinking of goals, it's it's really just navigation. So you're, you're imagining a future that uh, you can influence as much as you have the ability to do that and a, a desired end state. So in this case, if you said uh, the Rogers family is getting ready to go on sabbatical and we know that we want to go out west, we want to see the Grand Canyon. Great. 
All right, then how are we going to get to the Grand Canyon? And then you start to, to break down the steps to get to the ultimate goal, what the outcome is that we want. And so if it's we're going to drive a van, not a truck, we're going to make these stops along the way, we need to refuel to do these things. And so trying to uh, get at we're leaving from Greenville. That's an important part. So if we're, we're leaving from a point, so being honest about where you are on uh, in January and saying, uh, if we're going to use as an example, a Bible reading plan to say, all right, well, I, I already really regularly read the Bible. So for me, a Bible reading plan is less about disciplining myself to read the Bible and more about uh, planning to dig into a particular topic or genre of scripture or you may be someone who struggles with the discipline of reading the Bible. And so this is much more about developing a discipline than it is about uh, a, an area of interest maybe for you. Uh, and so knowing where you're starting. And then uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I think Whitney talks about this in his Spiritual Disciplines book of, of planning to do less than you think you can. Uh, a lot of goals and resolutions fail because you start out thinking, um, you know, for example, if you're a Bible reader already, and Matt said uh, on Sunday he's planning to do a 90-day Bible read-through. That's about 15 to 20 chapters a day. And you go, man, that sounds like a, a good challenge. I'd like to do that. If you're not a Bible reader and day one is Genesis 1 to 16, that might be kind of a big bite for you. And, and depending on you know just your reading speed and, and what you're trying to do, uh, and so planning to say, I'm going to read a page in my Bible a day. And if there's a thousand pages and you read it over the course of three years, fabulous, right? You've done way more than you thought you would. Uh, so trying to set a goal that's very attainable. And then if you go above and beyond, wonderful. Yeah, the, a lot of what's going to stop you from Bible reading this year is sitting down and opening your Bible, not actually reading it once you're sitting there with it. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's important to set goals. I think it's important to do the navigation and, and kind of where we want to go. And I think it's important to, to make a plan that the metaphor there being like, you're not going to drive to the Grand Canyon tomorrow. You probably would want to plan a few stops along the way. Cause that's a big, a big trip. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think your latter point there alludes to, to something that we've just got to affirm at the outset, which is, is we do have to take account our own personalities uh, the way that we're built and designed by the Lord. So I've got to own in this discussion at the front end that I'm I'm kind of driven towards goals and accomplishing tasks just by nature. So the setting of goals, objectives, challenges uh, really comes naturally uh, to me. So, so when we think about this subject, it's not really getting me to do something that I'm not already doing, say, in September. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it's, it's challenging me to, to step up, but I've also been one, you know, I think just uniformly, uh, for us all just to not buy the lie that, that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna attempt something, even if I know that I might come up short or that I might fail in the thing. Like, yeah. I think it's always good to push us, uh, beyond, uh, levels of comfort to push us into challenge and uh, it seems to me like a really passive cop-out to say, well, hey, I know I'm going to come up short or I can't keep this standard, so therefore I'm just not going to try at all. You know, I think for, for me, 
Um, do I always hit those objectives? Well, well, no, but do I always get further than I would otherwise by having some standard that I'm running after? Well, absolutely. So will I read the Bible in nine days? I, I, I don't know. It may take me 118 days. I, but that's not what's important for me at this point. It's more mm -hmm. the setting the objective, challenging myself, and then kind of leaning into uh, an area of responsibility. And I would press this like all the way back to, as we think about the, the creation mandate uh, that, that we possess just as image bearers, that we're, we're in our own garden with a responsibility of cultivation and care. And whether that's family domain, whether that's work domain, whether that's personal responsibility, whether that's health and exercise, mm -hmm. I don't care like what number of the Enneagram you are, or kind of where you fall on the personality scale. We can't shirk the responsibility to steward the garden that God's given us. And yeah. that cultivation and care, uh, to, to use Brandon's language, like requires, hey, I got to take inventory of where the garden is now. I've mm -hmm. got to have some mental framework for where I want to get this thing. And that's going to require me to take some pretty active steps in the garden yeah. uh, in, in the meantime. So a question that comes to mind, just thinking from other perspectives, because you and I, uh, neither, neither one of us are going to say, I tried and failed, therefore I'm a failure and there's no point right, in going right, on. Right? right? That's not the way that we're wired. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who, who would struggle with the anxiety of setting a goal and going, man, if I don't do this, it's something wrong with me. And, and maybe they've got a track record of that. Like, how would you speak to that uh, fear or anxiety of stepping into um, big hopes for 2020, mm -hmm. which I think is a good and healthy place to step into 2020. But like looking at the garden, if it's in shambles and it's mostly weeds and not a lot cultivated mm -hmm. and there's a fear that if I put effort into this, then I'm going to fail again and it's going to be proof of who I am mm -hmm. rather than mm -hmm. ah, this venture didn't work out. Yeah. What would you say to them? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one is again, <clears throat> having a realistic appraisal of, the meta story of scripture and just recognizing that yes, we're leaning into cultivating and caring, but we're promised th thorns and thistles. We're promised sweat of our brow. So we're not, we're never going to get to the end of this thing and say, man, I crushed it. Like I'm, I'm, the garden is in perfect shape. And I think a lot of the issue regarding disciplines or apprehension around that comes from just unrealistic expectations that mm -hmm. I'm going to hit a point, the garden's going to be beautified and I'm going to be able to sit back and chill and just watch the garden. Yeah. That's Which, not coming till new heavens and new earth. Yeah, and that's and, not even real in your garden at home. No, right, right. right. You're, you're always going to have to put effort. Everywhere yeah. we look, we see the world is breaking down. Things are declining, decaying. And so we're leaning into something that's going to be uphill work until Jesus comes back and redeems us. So yeah. I think, Having the meta frame in our heads uh, is really helpful to this. And then I would say like doing, leaning into discipline in community uh, is a real value add for this. So it may be kind of an apprehension point at the outset. Well, man, it, it, one step further, if I tell somebody else about my goals, well, then all of a sudden there's yeah. more shame going to come my yeah, way pressure. if I, if I yeah. fall short of that. But I do think kind of recognizing the, the community around us and the beauty of people who are wired up differently that can say, well, hey, look at how far you've come or can speak to issues of shame if they know that, hey, we're kind of built or wired to where that falling short is going to crush us. Yeah. Like if, if you're out of community, man, you're living all of that on your own. But if you're in community, well, then all of a sudden I can have somebody kind of reflectively listen to me on Thursday night at my small group and say, yeah, but Matt, consider the steps that you've taken. Have you been 
perfect at family devotions. Well, well, no, but are we taking some steps forward in those areas? Yes, and they can speak to issues of yeah. shame, doubt, despair. So, so three biblical principles and a practical one all come to mind here. The practical one is, uh, is a little bit of a good thing better than none of a good thing? Sure. And we say, yeah, totally. So to that family devotions, it's like if, if I wanted to do them every day, but I'm doing them once a week, your family is going to benefit from that. Right. Like there, right. Some of it is good. Uh, then there's the, the end of Galatians and thinking of bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. It's like being involved with people and their messes is like part of loving your neighbor. It's a, it's a big part of loving your neighbor because even sinners love the people who take care of them, mm-hmm. right? But it, what's that for you? That doesn't get credit to your account if you're nice to people who are nice to you or who can benefit you. Um, and so being willing to step into other people's issues or share your issues so that other people can fulfill sure. the law right. of Christ. Right. The, the next is the idea that a, a strand of three cords is not easily broken. So, so to that point, if, if you're someone who tends to isolate because you're afraid of how you'll be judged, uh, then that, that is a disadvantage to you. Um, I know that it doesn't feel that way necessarily, or it does, and it, it feels like that's just one more reason why you're not good enough and you can't do it. But the, the, the third piece to that is the idea that, that uh, Jesus says to come to him because you know, he cares for you and because you're, his burden is lighter than you trying to carry the weight of life on your own shoulders. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who's wired in that fashion, you already feel the weight of trying to carry life on your own shoulders and you can't, right? That's, that's just the message of scripture. That's Genesis three just starts out with, you can't carry the weight of life on your own shoulders. You're going to mess that up. And so welcoming help. um, and, And I think it's fine to introduce that need for help with, man, I'm having a hard time asking for help. Yep. Great. That's a good acknowledgement. And that helps the people who are helping you know that they have a role and responsibility in loving you and shepherding and caring for you as a friend, as one of those strands in a cord that's less easily broken. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I would encourage you, if you're driven and you're listening to this, you're going, yeah, I've already got my 38 resolutions. I'm Jonathan Edwards. I've resolved for the rest of my life never to get angry at an inanimate, an inanimate object. Uh, but if you're somebody who feels like things are helter-skelter, then there is uh, grace for that, but not great. I mean, there's grace that will cover, but there's not an excuse to go on sinning that grace may abound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. So, and, and I think that, I mean, none of us like to step into something that we know is going to expose our sin. No, and so, no. you know, we're, we're going to, either we're going to naturally lean away from setting these objectives because we know, like, ultimately, hey, I can blame I don't like to read or, you know, I, I, it's been two years since I've shared the gospel. We can blame that on all sorts, but at, at the end of the day, yeah. it's important for us to call sin, sin. <clears throat> and if setting goals and objectives allows us to bring that to the forefront and say, no, this is, this is active, active objective sin, either mm. in action or in my passivity Omission, yeah. in this area. And I need to call that what it is. Now, the question I would have is, So we're both, today's my birthday. I turned 41 today. Stepping into, yeah, I mean, it's kind of felt like stepping into adult version for the last maybe decade or so, you know, kind of adding some layers of responsibility, stewarding a few different job responsibilities, five kids at home, wife, uh, trying to care for myself. Like there's there's enough to keep both of us pretty busy. Absolutely. So how do you... um, how do you recognize the diversity of responsibility that you've got to steward 
and not um, train yourself to bend perhaps to uh, areas that are going to be really self-gratifying, you know, like for example, uh, exercise, you know, yeah. so, some people that's going to come very naturally to, yeah. they're really going to kind of get yeah, kicked out for me, on the, right? yeah, I like, like to do it. Yeah. provide something for me. I'm in my individual world. So you're not really going to have to challenge me to grow in those kind of goals, yep. but goals related to emptying the dishwasher. Well, that may be a different story. So sure. how do you itemize the diversity of responsibility that you have and then hmm. rightly prioritize uh, across those varying domains and areas that you're passionate about and then maybe areas that are just, you got to do them because you're a big boy yeah. and this comes with the task. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to butcher the quote. Uh, a friend recently posted a quote that said something like, uh, ceaselessly strive to do the things you love and learn to love the things that must be done. Yeah. Something to yeah. that effect. So... I think this kind of hits depending on where you are in, in life phase too, uh, because you just, as you go, it, it seems that you accumulate a case of the responsibilities and, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger as you, as you roll on, which I think is, is good and right. Like you should be Mm -hmm. doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you shouldn't be trying to stay out from under responsibilities as you get older and, and recognizing that a lot of our church is under 30. They're, they're kind of in a, a stage of life where if I'm looking at what my responsibilities are, a lot of it feels like looking into the unknown and what's the future that I'm trying to pursue. Um, I feel like in our life stage, a lot of that, that matters, but we've already narrowed that a fair amount by what we've chosen to do mm-hmm. and where we're going. Cool, so it's cool, like we're, cool. we're doing yeah. pastoral ministry in Greenville, so I'm not worried about am I going to move to to Tahiti to do pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. If that comes up and God calls, that's one thing. But like we've we've already kind of narrowed that down. So if I'm younger and listening to this, um, I, I think the temptation is FOMO that uh, and and not in like a, a light silly oh I don't want to plan something Friday because somebody might have something better. But like I have this image of the universe that I could really do anything I want. And uh, first, that's a lie, not, you know, not to be harsh about it, but you really can't do anything anywhere, wherever you want. Mm-hmm. So some of that's already been narrowed and recognizing that God's hand is, has brought you to the point where you're even listening to this podcast and, and that there is a path that, uh, that you're responsible in some part for determining the path and that it's being determined for you in some part, which can be tough to wrestle through. Uh, especially when you're younger and feel the weight of the future on you more. Uh, I've got enough going on that it distracts me from that a little bit. Um, and, and then thinking through how we prioritize what we will do, uh, there's some, some of that will be um, deciding what the buckets are. So if there's a uh, self-care bucket, which I think there should be, if there's a church life bucket, so this is not like saying that all of life is not spiritual, all of life is spiritual, all of life is under the dominion of Christ, but there's, there's engagement with the local church that's different than engagement with folks at work under that bucket mm-hmm. or in that. So there's work life. And then there's probably the, the closest relationships that you have, mm-hmm. and then maybe the everything else that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So 
for self-care, you can break it down further. I find it helpful to segment things so that I have manageable pieces to manipulate. So if I think self-care, I'm thinking physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, and and trying to identify where I am and what I need to do there. Uh, Looking in closest relationships, for me, that's uh, spouse first. That's how I'm relating to my kids. Uh, And then, you know, I might put pastoral team in there and how I'm thinking of them and relating to folks like the, the closest relationships Then I might have, um, in my church life thing, you know, church attendance, how am I involved on a weekly monthly basis with things that are going on, uh, larger, uh, things like maybe I'm going to go to Japan with Connor and plan to do a, a mission mm-hmm. opportunity there. Right. Um, and then how do I live that out in public, my church life? Am I evangelizing? Am I praying for people? Am I mm-hmm. uh, in those personal disciplines? Um, and, and just trying to segment those out. And I think to the point of like, where, where do I feel like I naturally do these things? And then my goals in that area might be to maintain, which is fine. If it's already going fairly well, I just want to maintain this level of involvement in what it is I'm doing. It may be to invite somebody else to give me some input and say, well, I feel mm-hmm. like this is going well, but I'm struggling here. Or am I right that this is going well? Or am yeah. I just complacent yeah. Yeah, that sure. this is going well? Um, and then there's areas where you go, I already know. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, it's bad. It's been bad for a while. And if I knew what to do, it would be better. Yep. So who do I need to consult books, resources, yeah. people to help me with how I can make the first baby step into growth in sure. this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then again, I'm, I'm really strong on baby steps on all of it because mm-hmm. a lot of accumulated baby steps moves you a long way. But trying to take a, um, you know, thinking of Boone, my son, and playing a big daddy step into something, yeah. it, it can be too much. Totally. Uh, even for me, like I'll, I'll tend to want to take a big daddy step into something when some yeah. baby steps would get me further. Yeah, I've always been. I read an article maybe ten years ago around the the language of roles to goals and and defining. Hey, what are the what are the five to seven? You know, kind of thinking phone number that that's seven. What what are the seven God given roles that I have in my life? Husband, father, uh, pastor, missionary, uh, student. You know, so on and so forth. What are those roles? And then what are what are a subset of goals related to each role? Uh, yeah. that I can step into. And then, you know, to, to my question earlier, I think recognizing, hey, I'm probably going to have some natural proclivity to some of those roles. Like I'm, I'm going to feel it's self-gratifying. I can, I, I'm, I'm making headway. This is good. This mm-hmm. is helpful for me. And I, I, I think just recognizing we, we are naturally going to drift to do the things we love. So I'm probably not going to have to be as attentive, say, yeah. in those areas, recognizing that just my default is going to, hey, I really enjoy reading. And um, uh, so me setting like a book reading goal each year really kind of falls flat. I, I mean, because that's ultimately I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. It's not that challenging for me. It's just kind of the thing that I like to do. But there are other areas where stepping up, sacrificing, don't come as naturally for me. And so I think that's where I really want to give kind of laser-like attention to, you know, going back to creation mandate and the garden. If I'm kind of packaging that differently, I would say that we as image bearers have a responsibility to make things better. 
mm-hmm. like that God-given responsibility. And I think particularly as men, we have the, a unique task to, to make things better, to steward this mantle of responsibility that we've been given in some very unique ways uh, that, that make the world around us, that enhance it, that make it better, that, that yeah. beautify our homes. And so for me, if I'm thinking make things better, well, again, that goes back to I've got to I've got to really give attentiveness to what's the thing that's not great right now. And if there are certain areas, Bible reading, evangelism, uh, quality time with my wife, so on and so forth, if those areas are going well, well then, all right, there may be another area that that I really need to spend extended time in prayer, yeah. reflection, yeah. goal setting, prioritization around. Like, what does it look like? for me to make this better? Do I have a realistic appraisal for what's wrong? Do I understand what would make it better? And then am I willing to take the risk required? Because whatever thing that is that we identify as this isn't great, it's gonna take some courage to step into that and say, I'm gonna do X, Y, or Z to actually make it better. Yeah, yeah, it it makes me wonder. um, One one thing I would add to the the responsibility to make things better, I think is uh, for others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so there's yeah, a there's yeah. a tendency that um, yeah. you know I hear home improvement and I'm like, there's some projects I'm doing at my house right now that are just for my family. Like it's just it's fun or it'll make this part of our house nicer for us. And then there's there's things where you go, but I I also want to be more hospitable. So what can I do to make it better for others as they're mm-hmm. coming in, especially. Uh, I mean, not especially for men. I can speak especially to men as a man who who tends to want to do things selfishly. Uh, which you may or may not be able to identify with that, uh, is I want to set projects that make my life better. Right. And and that's easy to do, and that's not bad unless all of my projects are to make my life better. And then the, now I'm living a me-on-the-throne, self-centered life. Uh, and so being others-focused in some of that stuff, or maybe trying to do, you know, as, as we as a church think, how can we do as much as we can to get the money that comes in out? How can we do as much as we can to get the people who come sent? You know, we're trying to be very outward focused, knowing that we have to do work here and on ourselves to be able to do that, to keep the thing going. But that might be useful. Then the other thing is we think through um, habits and and goals and things like that is is two, two more kind of metaphor ideas like the canary in the coal mine. Which the idea being that if a canary uh, is more sensitive to things that will poison people, if it dies in the coal mine, then you know that everybody needs to leave because it's getting dangerous. So are there are there goals, habits, are there areas of life that you go, this is a canary in the coal mine? So um, I remember talking with one of our members about uh, how when he wasn't praying with his wife, things got worse. And when he was continuously praying with his wife, things got better. So there was a, a canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. If that part of life has been silent for a while, right. it's it's developing a poisonous atmosphere. So that could be useful. And then I, I also like the lead domino principle. Like if I get this thing going, what else will it knock down? Mm-hmm. And trying to say, um, you know, if it's a, a battling with a sin, temptation kind of thing, it's like, well, if I if I don't look at my phone as much, it's because I have an issue with social media addiction or with pornography addiction or with whatever, mm-hmm. then that that might not be enough of a lead domino if I still have access to computers and other things. But if you go, if I'm going to limit my screen time altogether, there's a lead, a lead domino that yeah. affects more than just this one 
thing. So looking for uh, things that will uh, not necessarily totally maximize effect, but if I make this change, is it going to change one thing or can it change several things for the better? So looking for canaries in the coal mine, looking for lead dominoes, things that will do more with less if you can. Yeah, so so that that prompts two questions in my head. I'll ask one and maybe we'll get to the other one as well. But the the question around, so so theologically astute church members uh, that are listening to this and, and kind of raise the the objection, man, that, that sounds, feels a whole lot legalistic to me. Like this whole conversation huh. yeah. around task and objectives and lead dominoes and uh, setting, you know, screen time parameters and those kind of things. Like yeah. how, how do we respond to the, the legalism accusation when it, when it comes to, let's use Bible reading as an example. So, mm-hmm. so I've read at least a half dozen posts this week that have said, that's a dumb idea, right? It's just don't set Bible reading goals. We want to read to allow the Lord to minister to our hearts and yeah. setting goals only gets us to a check, check off. You know, mm-hmm. we, we accomplished the task. Mm-hmm. We didn't really meet with the Lord. So uh, wh- where's the balance that we would find in that? Are we recognize the ditch of legalism, but does that, yeah. does that then necessitate all of this is foolish conversation? That's a good question. So uh, for me, who, if I had a bent towards legalism or antinomianism, just no law, just whatever you do is fine. I, I'm much more bent towards antinomianism. Like I, I don't, I, I feel like adding constraints is helpful in my life, not a burden, because it, it keeps me kind of aiming where I want to go. So uh, natural inclination, that's less of an issue for me personally. Um, but if the the legalism piece is an issue um, for you. So one, one aspect of that is um, quality time happens in quantity time. People talk about that with family time. It's like you, you can try to engineer up a, a perfect event, a perfect moment where I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to feel mm-hmm. like I'm communing with the Spirit mm-hmm. and um, like God is very present with me and, and the text that I'm reading has really particular insight and impact for a situation I'm living in or for a thing I'm struggling through and I feel really supported and near. Uh, but you can't engineer that. Like you, you can do what you can to prepare for it. And I, I think what happens, uh, this is another, I think, illustration from Whitney's book on spiritual disciplines, is it, by, by disciplining yourself in that way, uh, so two forces to this. One, uh, discipline equal discipline leads to freedom is one way that I'm going to push that. The other way is is the idea that uh, with a Bible reading plan with these disciplines, like if you know that God tends to frequent these places, right? We we can uh, kind of put them in a physical location, which I know is not you know theologically accurate. But if if God always walks up and down this sidewalk. And he's not necessarily in that given spot at that moment, but you know he's going to pass by, you know, like people putting themselves in the path of Jesus as he's yep. coming through town. Yep. Why would you not, if you want to meet with him, sit down there and, and wait yep. for him to come to you? Because that's that's kind of the way he's made it clear he wants to. Right. He wants relationship. He came to earth for relationship. <clears throat> um, he invites you into relationship. So if... if Bible reading, checking the box, keeps you Bible reading, good. If you make a, an idol out of Bible reading, and you can, I hope that you're in a Christian community that can say, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Your Bible reading needs to stay, yeah. but your being a good person because you read the Bible needs to go. Yeah. And and we can nuance that yeah. a little bit and, and not be quite so quick to hit things with the, the meat cleaver and say, no, this all has to go. Get rid of the Bible reading plan because now you're just going to be a dirty legalist. Right. That's not helpful. That That's, that's um, being a, a uh, naysayer from the peanut gallery just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Maybe I'm posting that because I deal with guilt over not doing these things. Um, maybe I'm in a really healthy place, but I'm not taking into account the person who isn't and is therefore going to stop reading their Bible altogether because I said that post was useless. And then the other, the discipline and freedom piece, uh, you, you'll hear, you know, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? And the answer is practice. So by deciding to do certain things and not others, the word decide comes from a root that means to cut off. You're, you're cutting off all your other options yeah. by deciding something. Yeah. And so, great, you have to. Like you, you can't not. You always are deciding yeah. and limiting your options to what you're doing right now because that's, that's the only way for you to live life. And so if you want to be someone who in the future has a repertoire of scripture to answer life's problems, who has a deep walk with the Lord to weather the anxieties of life, who uh, is prepared to speak to issues in parenting and friendship and evangelism and all these things. You have to be doing that now. It it won't magically appear in you, um, generally speaking, not that the Lord couldn't supernaturally call something to mind, not going to limit God in that way, uh, but but generally the Spirit's role is to remind you of God of Jesus' teachings, right, of, of the Word, and and prompting you and pushing you through those those things. Um, and so, if you're not disciplining yourself to do that, who knows when the Spirit will pull something back out of the memory banks yeah. that was deposited in in there because you were disciplined and you were checking a box that could have profound impact on you or someone else. Yeah. And I think this whole discussion goes back again to, to a certain sense of what are the realistic expectations of the Christian life. And I think when we think about Jesus exhortation to follow the narrow way, we would certainly say, Hey, he's, he's making, pointing this to the theme of Christ. Like he is, he and his person is the narrow way. But we also recognize that the walk of a Christian, the, the pilgrim's progress is going to be a walk on a narrow path that's going to have ditches on either side. And so it's not as if we're going to determine a certain progress for our lives that's going to remove the ability for us to fall in the ditch of legalism or the ditch of lawlessness. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's just going to naturally be the path that we're walking for the rest of our lives. Are those paths there? Absolutely. We should expect them. But the fact that we've habitually fallen in one of those ditches or that others around us fall in those ditches doesn't remove the responsibility that we have to do what's right anyway. You, I mean, you hear this all the time. I live in the world of youth ministry for an extended period and you, you hear students that are, you know, kind of bubbling into college and they're reflecting back, well, my parents dragged me to church all the time yep. or I was, you know, in youth group, blah, 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 blah. And, and they look back, but I just did all that out of legalism. Well, do we then now as pastors say, well, parents, it doesn't really matter if you take your kids to church, right? Like, yeah, by no means. Let their soccer schedule dominate. Let them do whatever they want to do. Right. If you get around the church, you get around the church. Well, well, no, that's foolish. The fact that some in reflection can look back and say that felt legalistic or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's an easy accusation to make in yeah. the review mirror. Yeah. Um, but we're still saying, no, like 
meaningful involvement in the local church is important. So let's lean into that. Let's encourage that. And let's recognize that, yes, those ditches, those dishes are there. So maybe that's a good segue into final, final question or discussion. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're, we're pastors at the church at Terriedale, but we're also you know, members of this church. We're in community here. Yeah. So what, what are maybe some, some, some challenges that we might have for our people as, as we all together step into 2020? Uh, I mentioned some at the end of uh, Sunday service. So obviously we're starting walking through the book of Colossians. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think just, uh, hey, good for us. We would recognize, um, you know, meaningful involvement in the word is going to be an important uh, start then meaningful involvement in community, in local church community is going to be a place. And then the other one that I mentioned is meaningful involvement in mission. So why don't we double click on each of those three areas real quick and just provide some like practical guidance for what are some steps we can take to meaningful involvement in the word? Yep. What are some steps we can take to meaningful involvement in the church? And then what are some steps we can take to meaningful involvement in mission? And I'll start with meaningful involvement in the word you know obviously we we talked uh around uh starting a a teaching series in the book of colossians we attempt to do expositional preaching walk through a passage at a time so i think there's a number of ways that that you can kind of uh, gear up for for the year one would be just to 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 marinate on the text of scripture uh ahead of time before you come on sunday so we're we're gonna uh, you'll know what passage is going to be taught the coming week and yep. uh, to read that passage daily. I mean, we're talking uh, or audio, but I mean, you're talking 45 seconds, you know, to, to, yeah. to read through the passage each day. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm preaching like the first five verses of Colossians 2 at right. the end of the month. So, right. it's, yeah, so that's that's an easy like use a seven arrows journal, do something to to be in the text. Um, coming into the week, we've got some some guides uh, at the church that you can, you know, with Colossians kind of uh, journal and, yep. and move through there. Then they're supplementary. Um, we're going to post some Bible reading plans, whether it's, you know, kind of a, a rapid fire. Hey, I'm going to read through the Bible quickly, uh, which um, I've done this once before and really helpful just kind of in framing up the meta story of Scripture. If you're like me, kind of you get in certain passages. If I'm in the book of Numbers, say, for two months because I'm reading it in like bite-sized chunk sections, yeah. man, I really get bogged down. So being able to see the big story yep. uh, of scripture, and, yeah. um, but uh, <clears throat> to do something parallel that's going to slow you down um, and, and get you in say the book of Genesis or book of Proverbs uh, can be helpful. And then the ladies are doing an old Testament Bible reading plan with some yeah. supplemental discussion uh, at the church. I believe once a month, you yep. can find that information on our website. Both of those plans are published in the app. Great. Under the events tab. So okay. if you were trying to find where those are, you know, you could do a quick Google and find any Bible reading plan. But those two in particular are already in the app. Yeah, great. And and there may be um, you know, the opportunity for some of you that that uh, want to know more about, say, a given book. I mean, this is the challenge of of when we preach. We're always uh, under the constraints of of time. You know, and I, yep. I'm, I'm getting ready to teach a, a subsection from. Colossians 1 and thinking, my goodness, man, every one of these verses could be a sermon of itself. And there's no way to say everything. So finding, you know, emailing any one of us, uh, posting on social media, uh, kind of redeeming that type of technology to say, hey, what's a good commentary resource that we could pull from? And using a kind of a book study to walk through the text with us uh, could be a, a great supplement, whether it's thematically 
hey, I want to read and learn more about this subject because Colossians makes a big deal of it, or I just want a more robust study of the book of Colossians. That could be helpful. Mm -hmm. Any other pointers for like Bible engagement? Yeah, uh, I would say know thyself. So as we described earlier, um, just somebody in our circle said, hey, help hold me accountable. I want to do the 90-day Bible study, Bible reading, but I know that's just not in my nature to do it by myself. So hold me accountable. So that that's an option. If you're saying, I want to step into something that's going to stretch me a little bit, whether it's deep diving or big, big reading. Um, either way, just invite some people to keep up with you and, yeah. and help you with that. Um, if you're somebody who has, again, not really been reading the Bible too much, you're feeling guilty, whatever, um, confess it, move on. God's faithful and just to forgive you of the sin of ignoring him. Uh, but you you have an opportunity to just read a little bit at a time, and God can use that. So if it's a, a psalm of the day, if it's one chapter of Proverbs, if it's a page, if it's whatever, anything is better than nothing yeah. when it comes to Bible reading. If you're at nothing currently, yeah. having that influence in your life on a regular basis is going to be uh, life-giving and helpful to you. Yeah, and I think this is a wonderful thing about just owning our understanding of justification and sanctification that we're we're not coming to the new year and God looking down on us and saying, bro, you got like 10 years of really bad progress in this area. So you got to catch up. Don't you feel terrible? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So there is like with the Lord, the fact that my sin is forgiven, there is fresh start. There's this new mercy every day theme yeah. that confronts me every single day. So I don't, I don't have to feel guilt. Yeah. That. That's yeah. Super and, and, and what we're trying to get by reading the Bible is God. Right. Like that's, that's the aspect that we're after. It's not necessarily that you're smarter, though that's useful, that you know more about the Bible, though that's useful, but the, it's a relationship that we're calling you to, and, and God has chosen to speak through his word. Mm -hmm. And so that's your, that's your opportunity to meet with him all the time, anytime, uh, as he has kind of put himself forward in the word. So yeah, yeah just use it as a, a helpful encouragement, a relationship builder, rather than a, a task that must be accomplished. All right, so uh, to step into community, taking a step into biblical community in the church, we probably, this this may be the area that we see the kind of backside of the bell curve demonstrated most clearly for many of us. We have really good intentions. We're kind of really proactive in that in certain seasons. And then just kind of the ebb and flow of life we get out of the rhythm, small group attendance. We're kind of there once a month, church. There are other things that come up. We've got a church that the average age is 29. Yeah, and so by, by virtue of that, you get invited to weddings, you uh, sports schedule, you've got things that you're doing that are put, putting you in other places on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So how do we prioritize biblical community um, heading into 2020? What are, what are some, some active steps? Yeah. Uh, come to church. Yep. That one's easy. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll beat the drum on time, like come to church and be here already prepared to worship when we start a worship service. Um, there, there's a lot of value to having two or three minutes to just kind of get in the building and settle down before 1030 hits and, and we crank out the first song. Uh, to have your heart prepared to worship instead of being quite so scattered. I know it's a challenge. It can be hard to get kids out the door and all those things, but that's uh, that's important. It's it's the time of the week, once a week, when we get to be together yep. for worship. It's not a task to check off. It's like a 
our community is meeting with God at this time. And just to interrupt there, yeah. I think to, to go back to the conversation starter of discipline, this is where like getting out in front of things like your calendar yeah. that says, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to set as an objective this year that I'm not going to miss more than four Sundays of gathered worship with the people of God in my local church. And yeah. for that to be a practice for me, it's going to require, hey, I get invited to the wedding, some yeses and nos, you know, can I, can I accept going to this thing? Right. Or what does it, what does it do to say, no, I'm going to drop back on Saturday night because I'm going to be like be fully church. present. Yeah. Like yeah. this shows up on my calendar, yeah. that meaningful involvement with the body. We've, we've done various ways of kind of looking at attendance uh, on Sunday mornings, just kind yeah. of getting a snapshot. And it seems like about uh, on a given Sunday, about 60% of yeah, our members -thirds, yeah. uh, are present. And obviously that, that cycles through, yeah. but what would it look like for 80% of our members to be present on any given Sunday, taking account for periodic travel or sickness or those kind of things? Well, I think it just yeah. takes some countercultural prioritization for yeah. us that says this, this is just anchored. It's this important. is what I yeah. do. Yeah, it's, it's key. And, and I think I can genuinely humbly say that's not an ego play for the pastors to be like, oh, we had this many people at church. Nobody's asking me how many people came to church right, each right, week. It's, right. Yeah, it's just a joy to be together, to worship, to see each other, to uh, encourage one another, uh, and to, you know, as long as today is today, to push each other towards good works and zeal and righteousness. So um, it's just a joy to have that as a part of life. Uh, we can also, if you're not already in a group, or if you're kind of in a group in name only, to um, make a similar commitment to group life. That, um, you know, maybe you say, I'm going to be at at least three of the, the group meetings every month. Um, we'd love to have you more than that. But the, to, to be together in a more intimate setting and to be able to be known and expose what's going on in life and have people who love and care for you involved and, and looking in on that and uh, walking with you would be a really useful to you and to us. And you know, that's, yeah. I mean, again, that that's discipline. You yeah, know, at the, right. at the end of the day, I'm probably 50-50. <clears> uh, my group meets on Thursday nights. Yeah. I'm probably like 50-50 on the Thursday, you know, 5.30. Yeah. And I'm like, Man, I'm really pumped to do dude, this. I can't wait yeah. to see these people. And it's in my house as well. Yeah. So thinking like, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, most weeks it feels like, no, this is a, this is stand. And by the end of it, I look back and say that was for my good. Yeah, I'm uh, glad I did that. Right. Yes. But it feels like work on the front end, yeah. even for a pastor. Yeah. And so if you're like, hey, that's true. This, I've got to gear up for this and I feel really guilty because i got to gear up. No, like, welcome to the group. That's like, life. Yeah. We're doing, that's reality. We're doing work to cultivate and care in areas that we know are for our good, even if we don't feel like it. Yeah. Because um, if we only did what we felt like, we would be a mess. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, that's, that's just the truth of it. You're, you can't be ruled by your yeah. appetites. So um, cultivating and caring in the area of mission, taking a step forward in that area. One thing we've got coming up in the church is Grassroots Weekend, January 24th and 25th yep. uh, evening, where we're going to gather in people's homes, share a meal together, talk about service and mercy and what it looks like for us to care for the least of these in our community. Saturday, we're going to scatter. We vetted some organizations like Project Hope, uh, Switch, other organizations in our community that are doing good work. Uh, that frankly, like just a church, 
can't handle. I mean, we just don't have the, the bandwidth to do all of these social needs in our community, but we can partner with really great organizations that are doing that. If yeah. we can expedite their work or help them, yep. uh, is really, really good. So on our, on the event tab, on our website, if you see grassroots weekend, that's what that is. Just an opportunity to come and serve with your church family in areas. And that's going to be things like, uh, uh, beautification of, of school or, uh, painting or just organizing, you know, the room, the closet, a project hope that they haven't been able to get to. Yeah. And they have to pay people to do where we can come as volunteer labor and help yep. them. Lots of hands and feet stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, an easy step, low cost. Great way to train your kids. Get your kids involved. Absolutely. Come and do do that together. Another easy way is to oh, take up. One, one thing with the yep. grassroots, it would really be helpful if you registered. Yep. And that registration is available in the app and on the website as well. So anything that we're get, we have coming up, if you just click the events tab on the website or scroll to the bottom of the page or go to your TCC app in the events tab, registrations will be there. Uh, but it will help us to know who's coming so that we can... Uh, plan for and prepare uh, meaningful work for everybody. Killer. Yeah, that's great. So uh, another way would be uh, partnering in prayer with our missionaries. So find one. Uh, if you don't know one, come ask us for one. Um, we've got now we've got the names of, of at least a dozen folks that are flunked somewhere in the world yeah. or going on short term work uh, that you can be praying for. Josh Trainer leaves, uh, I believe, the 13th. Phil's heading to Africa. I'm heading to Africa. We've got short term trips. We've got Miriam gearing up to go. Uh, soon uh, raising support. We've got Emma that we just commissioned on Sunday night to Clark. So, so no excuses around. I don't know any missionaries to pray for, Yeah. but there's an easy way to say uh, missionary Monday. Like as a family, we're going to gather around the dinner table and we're going to commit to praying every Monday night for missionaries. And we're going to start by praying for Emma every Monday night. Like that's yeah. a really easy ask. Totally. Yep. Totally. Any other ways to step into mission um, stuff uh, in, in the short run around Chairdale? Uh, keep an eye on the calendar and opportunities to join in would be the, the big thing there. Um, you're always a missionary wherever you go. You've been put there on purpose. And so be living the, the gospel where you are. And uh, then you'll be well practiced when you get to go to Peru or some other, well, other location to uh, continue that in a new setting. Yeah, cool. So um, really appreciate your ear, uh, however you've chosen to give it to us in this space. If you're uh, listening to this, well, obviously this is the first time we've done it. So if you know some other members to say, hey, you should check out that, that podcast that Matt and Brandon yeah. did, would help us kind of build uh, the ability for folks that are driving into work or going on a run in the evenings or whatever you're doing when you're listening to podcasts, washing the dishes at night. Great opportunity to listen. We're going to figure out some frequency of this that's helpful yep. and get some feedback from you. Uh, thanks for bearing with us as pastors. You know, we recognize we're fairly young in this and uh, really do want to steward the responsibility of Ephesians 4 to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Trying to figure out how best to do that in a culture that's changing. And uh, obviously, we don't have the parameters of podcasting written in the New Testament epistles. And so, yeah. you know, we're trying to figure out how, how do we best steward the responsibility that God's given us and in the life of the church. And so, we're really thankful for that, thankful for you. Uh, look forward to gathering with you on Sunday. And until then, we'll see you. Yeah, we love you.